0: Nothing in two. Come on now. Smith comes out of the Tomahawk. 0-2 on the way. Chopper out to Dansby. Dansby throws to first base. Is this happening? It is. The Atlanta Braves are world champions. The Atlanta Braves have won the 2021 World Series in six games over the Houston Astros your euphoria down on the field as they're bouncing all over the infield
1: and in the booth. Yeah, and and in, in the press box, it is the press box. Welcome to hour number two in Mobile. There's J.D. Byers in Birmingham. That would be Chris Stewart here inside the Breakline Optics Studios. Mike Grace with you. And our next guest as we crank up hour number two. Uh, don't forget uh, Brad Nestler later in the hour. We start. With Ben Ingram, voice of your World Champion Atlanta Braves and the Braves Radio Network, Ben, I'm I'm sitting here with my uh, postseason hoodie on. I'm, I'm drinking coffee out of my 20 ounce uh, World Champion Tervis tumbler here. I got my uh, uh, where I got my jersey, my World Series hat, my uh, Jock Peterson pearls over here. I, I, I can't imagine what I know. I know what it was like for a fan living through October and early November last year. I can't imagine what it was like for yourself and. Uh, your crew jim powell and and Joe Simpson and Jonathan chadwick and, and the whole gang you still pinching yourself
0: absolutely fellas and and uh, thanks for having me this morning it's been nuts um it's been the best off season I could ever imagine and um I, I don't know it, it was just insanity i mean the whole offseason was just insanity you never did get over the uh, the euphoria of of winning the whole thing and being a part of that and Getting an opportunity to come back down here to Florida and do spring training and start it up again with everything they accomplished last year. Man, the fever is through the roof, man. We can't wait. The spring training, it's that time of year, and guys have to get sent down. Uh, the roster has to be shaped up. But part of spring training is guys are going to get the call or they're going to report their locker room. Things are going to start being packed up, and that's the reality. Any surprises so far, though, in the rosters shaping up for the Braves in opening day? Um, maybe a couple. I mean, I guess when it comes down to um, everything that we've seen to this point, I'd say that it's pretty much played out the way that we thought that it would. I think there's a pitcher or two that maybe you thought would start the season in the minor leagues. Spencer Strider probably one of those guys. Um, we saw him at the end of last season. He made a couple of appearances right at the end of the year. Really, really good fastball. Uh, secondary stuff coming along and if he can be close with the secondary stuff he's going to be just fine but he's going to make the squad and how they use him we'll just have to wait and see whether they use him as an opener one day or a spot spot starter one day or a a long guy out of the bullpen we'll just have to wait and see Uh, I think everything else has been about the way you'd expect I'd throw William Contreras in there and say I expected him to be part of the ball club to some degree, but we've seen him in right field a few times this spring training. We know that he's taken a few ground balls at third base, so he's going to be a a third catcher, but at the same time, you're going to be seeing him in other places as well when he's used. and uh, Just a lot more flexibility with this this order and this roster altogether now that you have the DH in the National League, and we'll see that continue throughout the season.
2: It's great to have you on. It's it's Chris in Birmingham, and and I do have to ask has has not a dark cloud at all because that's not accurate or or fair. But the the disappointment or concern first of all that you may not get a chance to have a season coming on the heels of a World Series title, but also the fact that a guy who was such a an anchor and a mainstay for that franchise for so long is no longer there. It sounds like you've been able to move on past that. Go play baseball and enjoy, the, I guess, the residual effect of what was such a historic season.
0: Yeah, I think that's what you have to do. I mean, I look back on the last 11 years with Freddie Freeman and I'll be honest with you, fellas, as, as big a fan of Matt Olson as I am, and as, and as good of a ball player as I think he is and can continue to be, it's weird looking down there and not seeing Freddie Freeman. It really is. I thought Ron Washington put it best. We were talking with him about it at the beginning of spring training, and he told us the same thing that he told a lot of his players. He said, it's okay to grieve. I mean, he, he was a close friend to all these guys. He was a great player. He was a leader. And he was the face of the franchise for a decade. So to, to lose that guy – uh is difficult and especially to lose him to the dodgers a team that you've built up a rivalry with in the postseason over the last few years and i thought that right that that wash's point was very valid that it's definitely okay to be upset over that to grieve over that but at the same time you do all that knowing that april the 7th is coming and that's opening day and it's time to get to work um they know they have a really good ball club so I, i think for the fan base it's probably very similar. Winning with Freddie last year, his last at-bat as a Brave was a homer. The last play he was involved in, he caught the final out-of-the-world series. Uh, he was everything you wanted in a franchise player for a, a decade-plus. And to see him go somewhere else it just reminds you uh, of the business of baseball and how unfair it seems that can be at times. But that's how it goes. Um I think that this team is going to be really, really good, and I think that fans, once we get into the season, will will see, okay, Matt Olson's a good ball player. This is a good team. You hate losing Freddie, but you're a bigger fan of the team than you are of any individual player. So I think that's the way that you have to look at it and move on from there and know it's going to be a good ball club. Going back to your first point about the lockout, it, I was pretty optimistic all season, or all offseason, I should say, that they are going to have a deal done just in time to go to spring training. And when that started to lag, and we got into March, and I, I was wondering if we'd even have opening day prior to May. I was thinking maybe spring training would be in April, and opening day would be in May. So the way that they came uh, to a conclusion on that and then quickly got through it once we got into March, still found a way uh, to, to put 162 games on the schedule. That was a humongous relief. Uh, big relief for everyone, big relief for all of us who love the game, because not playing 162 would have been a humongous stain for the game. It would have been embarrassing for the game as far as I'm concerned. So I'm glad that they finally figured that out and hopefully no more labor disputes anytime soon.
1: Ben, this is Mike again. And as, as a big Braves fan, obviously I felt a little like Alex Anthopoulos watching him in the emotional impromptu press conference that he held announcing the Matt Olson acquisition. You know, shortly thereafter I read an article by Buster Olney of ESPN that sort of alluded to the fact that maybe Maybe Freddie's agents didn't do him as good a job as maybe they should have. Do you put any stock into that version of of the story?
0: Absolutely. Uh, To to be quite honest, that's the way that I see it. I don't want to speak for Freddie. It's unfair for me to do that, but I really feel if, if he can run this thing back and do it over, I think things would have ended up differently. I really feel that way. I know he's at peace with his decision now. I think he believes that what took place was supposed to take place, and he, now he's time to, in his mind, transition to his career with the Dodgers and everything that, that, uh, that life is going to present him living in Los Angeles now and being back home. Uh, I know he's embraced that, but I really think that there is a stretch of time where he was, was definitely upset with the way that things went down. I truly believe that. Um, I haven't spoken to Freddie. I've spoken to people that he's spoken with. And I know it was a very, very tough and anguishing time for him once it all played out the way that it did. The thing is, Alex Anthopoulos has one job, and that's to win baseball games. Uh, That's hard to do because you get attached to players, you get attached to teams, uh, you have the business aspect of it all. But bottom line is he has to win baseball games. And when it came down to it, you had Freddie Freeman. Uh, with with the Yankees, Dodgers, and Braves all kind of playing musical chairs, it felt like he was going to land in one of those three spots. Whomever didn't get Freddie Freeman was probably going to trade for Matt Olson, and whatever that third, whomever the third team was, was probably going to try to go get Anthony Rizzo. Is almost like, uh, well, this is what's left. That so let's go go ahead and make this move. I feel like the Braves knew that they couldn't get into any kind of a bidding war with the Dodgers or the Yankees. Those are two teams that are just going to spend more. And when it came down to it and the Braves made offers and they communicated with the Freddie's agents and they upped the offer a little bit more than what they had previously offered and gave them their best possible offer. When they didn't get an answer for several days, they had to make a move. They couldn't run the risk of being the last person standing without a chair. Uh, And without a first baseman, this window is open for them to win championships now. And you had to have, uh, if if you weren't going to have Freddie Freeman, you had to bring in someone who was going to be equally as good. And that person was Matt Olson. Uh, So I applaud Alex for doing what he did. I mean, knowing the business side of this thing and making a really, really tough decision and pulling the trigger on that trade. Uh, At that point, I think there was a state of bewilderment for Freddie and his camp that it, it played out the way that it did. And then we saw another few days go by before he finally signed with the Dodgers. So I completely believe that narrative. And I believe that because of people that I've spoken with who have spoken with Freddie. And uh, while I do think he embraces the next chapter of his life, I think there was definitely a period where he regretted how it all went down.
2: And quickly, and we'll move on to another topic, but for, for the next three to five years, had you gotten Freddie Freeman back, you know, you would have had an elite player at that spot. But now you're in a position for where maybe the next 5 to 10, you're able to have that with Matt Olson, correct?
0: Yeah, that's your hope. I mean, he just turned 28 years old, and a guy who's gotten better and better statistically. I look at his numbers from last year. He had 39 home runs, and he was a model of consistency. He had six homers in April, seven in May, seven in June, seven in July, five in August, and seven in September. This guy was steady all year. When I think of Freddie Freeman, I think of steady. So if you're talking about perhaps a younger version of the same player, sure, that, that bodes extremely well, and you're, you're in really good shape, and that's why they gave him the eight-year deal that they did. Our guest, Ben Ingram, voice of the Atlanta Braves. It's J.D. Mobile, and, you know, stock market-wise, I got a few stocks that are like biotech, pharmaceutical, and I need their new product to get cleared by the FDA to make money. Uh, I'm sitting on a whole lot of Ronald Acuna rookie cards, too. I, I collect baseball cards. What, what, what's going on? <laughs> when when can we expect the guy? <laughs> when, When's he yeah, coming I think, back? I, I think he's going to be fine. Look, Ronald just went to the 10-day IL uh, yesterday. Uh, so the original target date was early May for him. They are saying a month. I think that's going to be pushed up now. It wouldn't shock me if um, maybe when we come home from that San Diego-LA road trip, perhaps he could be ready by then. I think end of april we're gonna we're gonna see him we've seen him a lot in the cage i knew that we would um my brother's a physical therapist and i've spoken with him a lot about the injury i've spoken with some of the braves people about the injury when you're swinging a bat with that acl recovery that's not the challenging part the challenging part is is breaking on balls running the bases turning directions uh, a quick acceleration or a quick change in directions as you're in a dead sprint that's when you run the risk of re-injuring the knee. So they have had to do their best to hold him back. I I remember talking with some of the Braves trainers back in November. This is right when we finished the World Series, asking about how he was doing and all that. And they said our biggest concern with Ronald right now is making sure he doesn't do too much too soon because he feels so good. He looks good. He thinks he doesn't have to have the normal timetable of an average human being to come back from this injury. And he probably doesn't, given that he's 24 years old and he's – uh, one of the most dynamic players in the world. However, they wanted to make sure that they're uh, completely cautious and did everything they could to make sure he was 100%. Once he came back, he didn't have uh, any more lingering effects from the injury. Uh, so I, I think that what we have seen from him at spring training, we've not seen him in any spring training games, but he's been going through drills. He's looked great in the cage. He looks like his former self. So once they once they let him loose, I expect him to be as great as he ever was. He's so young, he's so talented, and we just want to see full, healthy seasons out of Ronald because he had the injury last year, COVID the year before. You just want to see a full season with him uh, because he's going to be an MVP candidate and and he's probably going to win an MVP or two by the time it's all said and done. So um, at at his young age, I think he's going to bounce back and not have too many lingering effects at all from that knee injury and uh, will be a humongous contributor for this team this season.
1: Before we wrap up with Ben Ingram, voice of the Braves on the Braves radio network, Mike Grace here. I've got a question about the 2021 World Series, but first I want to ask about the 2022 and on for Fox Sports. We know Joe Buck moved on. It was announced earlier this week that Joe Davis will be the new voice of the World Series for Fox Sports. You you and Joe are pretty tight. Am I I right with that?
0: Yeah, we go back to the Southern League. My last year in the Southern League was Joe's first year, and he's always been such a talented individual, uh, a really good guy. Uh, we've we've enjoyed seeing each other a lot in the postseason over the last few years. I know that, and over the last few years, we feel like it's going to be Braves or Dodgers coming out of the National League. Uh, so I've known Joe since 2010, and it's been a blast to watch his career and see his talents take him to places that he always wanted to be. I think this upcoming gig for him is the is the dream job for him. That's what he always wanted. Um, I think we all have different goals in this career and, and in this industry, and for Joe, he wanted to be... Calling World Series games on national TV, and and I love the fact that he's going to get to do that, nobody gets to do it for a very long time.
1: All right, here's That's, my here, it's here, great. Here, here's my 2021 World Series question, uh, Ben. I look back and I, I know the season that Will Smith had as the Braves closer, uh, the regular season, and then we get to the postseason, and he was absolutely lights out along with Tyler Matzick and 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 Mentor and and the rest of that bullpen. I had heard a rumor there was talk somewhere along the line that the Braves discovered that, that he may have been tipping his pitches late in the season and that he made an adjustment to where he didn't necessarily change the tip, but he changed the pitches. Have you heard anything along those lines? That
0: stuff happens so much more often than people think, um, and, and it can happen within one particular outing and and, and be solved within one outing. There's so much video, there's so much analysis. These guys are looking for everything, and it happens to multiple pitchers. That happened to Max Freed last year, um, where they, they will batters pick up on everything at this level. They're, they're incredibly talented, uh, and there's nothing that they don't pick up on. So uh, a lot of times a major League batter can see a pitcher one time, pick up on something and use it from there on out and uh and have success against that pitcher for will i think it was a combination of things that's one of the things most likely um he started also throwing his fastball a lot more he's always been slider heavy and it's a really good slider it's a swing and miss pitch and you need swing and miss stuff if you're going to close games in the big leagues but i i think that he fell in love more with that slider than he should have and he started to mix in his fastball a little bit more go back to a series against the giants it was in september And he gave up a walk-off. I'm going to take that back. It wasn't a walk-off home run. It was a a home run in the ninth inning that tied the game on a Friday night. Um, And and we I think the Braves are one strike away from winning the game. He gives up a homer. Giants tie the game. Giants going to win the game in extra innings. Um, That was the last time he gave up a run. (laughs) <laughs> For the next month and a half, he didn't give up anything. And it's wow. like he just flipped the switch, and he started doing it by throwing that fastball more often. So they're constantly evaluating video, going through scouting reports. If there's anything that they're tipping, they'll change that. That's up to Rick Kranitz and his department to find and, and spot out and change. And that's something that happens all the time because of the the opposing team's uh, batters are constantly constantly looking at video and always looking for something that can tip off anything that gives them an advantage. And that's just baseball in 2022.
1: He's Ben Ingram. He's got one more broadcast from the new Braves spring training facility down in Florida today and then uh, heads to Atlanta for the 2022 season opener Thursday night against the Cincinnati Reds throughout this season. We'll be listening on the Braves Radio Network and on the new podcast. You and Jonathan Chadwick and some of your guys from the Braves Radio Network have started the new what from the Braves booth podcast
0: yeah we cranked that up right at the end of last year so we're going to have it for the entire season this year that's joe and myself and and jay chad and uh we're just three idiots having a good time when
1: we do that (laughs) well that sounds quite familiar that's pretty much what this show (laughs) is buddy ben thanks so much for your time man i know you're inundated with requests this time of year congrats on last year it was fantastic listening to you throughout the season and hey let's let's try it again let's repeat shall we count me in
0: guys i can't wait let's do it
1: again all right thank you ben appreciate it man
0: Want to talk to the guys? Hit them up at the contact page online at pressboxradio.com or find them on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at pressboxradio Radio 1. That's Press Box Radio and the number one. That's how you can earn access to the Press Box.